Welcome back to NFL Study Hall. I'm joined here by Cade. Uh, I'm Zach. And today we're going to go into our uh, Week 16 recap. Uh, it's pretty early in the morning, so if I sound a little bit uh, tired, that is why. Cade, uh, how you feeling this morning? You ready to dive in? I'm feeling energized. Zach, I love this early morning routine. We should do this more often. I, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm just not... After break, I'm I'm still trying to, you know, force my body to wake up early again. Anyway, right, Cade, well, let's sorry, let's dive into these Saturday games. Um, we're gonna kick it off with Bucks Lions. Pretty boring one to kick it off because it was such a blowout. Tom Brady throws, I believe it was four touchdowns in one half, or something to that along the lines of that. Uh, Buccaneers deep, I mean Lions defense gets torched for 47 points, Cade. And their offense is only able to put up seven. Matthew Stafford, uh, I believe he's struggling this game. I actually didn't see this game. It, it just after I checked the score and it was <laughs> that much of a point differential, I was like, eh, I'm not going to watch this one. So Bucks advance to 10 and 5. Uh, they make their playoff chances better. And uh, Lions, I guess, make their uh, draft pick better when they're sitting here at 5 and 10. Kate. So, Zach, a few crazy things about this game. I actually kind of enjoyed this game because I think it kind of saw we kind of saw the Buccaneers using every part of their offense in this game you look at Tom Brady I mean again four touchdowns in the first half he had basic kind of a career day 22 of 27 348 and four touchdowns but if you look at who he threw those four touchdowns to it was Gronkowski Mike Evans Chris Godwin Antonio Brown he hit every one of his wide receivers once in the first half. Plus, they ran the ball with Leonard Fournette. Plus, Ronald Jones II did not play in this game. So they still have, in my opinion, their best running back sitting on their bench. Their defense played amazing. Matthew Stafford only tried throwing the ball three times. I think he got probably injured in this game, or they just pulled him. Honestly, Zach... Tampa Bay defense held these guys to zero because their only touchdown, Zach, was on a punt return touchdown in the third quarter. So the yeah. Lions offense didn't really score any points. This was a fantastic game by the Buccaneers. This actually secures them a spot in the playoffs. So they can't win their division, but they're going to make at least a wild card spot for sure. If they win next week against the Falcons, they'll take the fifth seed. If they lose and the Los Angeles Rams win, then they'll take the sixth seed in the NFC and either play, in my opinion, they'll play probably the Saints or the Seahawks, depending on how those games go down. But again, great game for the Patriots, especially from an offensive standpoint. I think this is probably their best game. I know they scored 47 points, but just on the rolls they got, they only punt. They had one punt in the first half. Otherwise, it was touchdowns. The entire way. Yeah, what a way to do it too. Like you said, throwing to all those weapons that you know Tampa Bay's general manager secured for him to throw to. That's pretty cool. And you know when they secure their playoff spot, they do it in a spectacular fashion by putting up forty-seven and blowing out the other team. So yeah, good for the Bucks. You know you see the, the Patriots struggling without Brady. Good for him. You know come down to Florida, make the playoffs. Okay. Next game we're talking about is 49ers-Cardinals. It's a divisional game. Very important game because uh, Cardinals are trying to make a playoff push at the moment. 
Kyler Murray struggles against the Niners. Their defense looking pretty good. And unsung hero, Jeff Wilson Jr. Jeff Wilson Jr.? I know it's Jay Wilson yes. Jr. Nope, he Jeff. went off, Cade. He got over 200 scrimmage yards, and I think was it, it was either a touchdown or two touchdowns, man. He was going crazy, whether he was uh, running the ball, uh, catching the ball. I, he he looks so good for this 49ers team. Kate, it's interesting to see no matter what running back lines up in that system, they always seem to be really good, whether that's, you know, Breida, uh, Wilson Jr. They got, oh, what's that other guy? He's been Mostert. hurt most of the season. Mostert. I mean, what's up with this? I just, I don't know. Is it the system? Do they just have a lot of good running backs? Kate, what do you think? I think they do have a lot of good running backs. I think Jeff Wilson Jr., Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida last year, I think these guys are talented running backs. The 49ers have kind of always had a solid offensive line, in my opinion. You never really see them struggle in that aspect. Um, I think their quarterback, they've never really had a franchise quarterback since Colin Kaepernick. So they've always had to kind of rely on these amazing running backs. And not to mention Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, is absolute stud as well. Other things I saw in this game, Zach, the 49ers also got George Kittle back, and he was a huge impact in this game with 92 yards receiving-wise and was a huge help for C.J. Beathard coming in as the third-string quarterback who actually threw three touchdowns and played a pretty decent game against a decent uh, Cardinals defense. Here's the thing, Zach. This game honestly surprised me from a play-calling standpoint for the Arizona Cardinals. Credit to the San Francisco defense, Kyler Murray had 75 rushing yards in this game. And when you see Kyler Murray as a rushing attack, it kind of throws defenses off because you don't know how to contain him. But the 49ers played it very well. Kyler Murray still threw the ball 50 times, no touchdowns, and one pick. He was just over 60% completion rating. This is probably the worst game I've seen by Kyler Murray when he's throwing the ball. I was surprised the Cardinals did not decide to run the ball more with like um, Kenyon Drake, who actually didn't do terrible in this game. 18 carries. He only had 45 yards, but he did have that touchdown. So a lot of interesting passing plays by the Cardinals and the 49ers picked up great. Now, Zach, with that loss and a Bears win, which we'll get to later. The Cardinals are officially out of the playoff picture at the moment. If the Bears win next week, they're playing the Green Bay Packers. But if the Bears win that game, they're in and the Cardinals are out. And when the Cardinals and Bears would play each other, I originally thought the Cardinals would win. But you see kind of their offense getting exposed, being able to handle Kyler Murray in the pocket. His arm is really not getting things done. And the Bears defense and offense have both lit have lit up both sides of the ball these last three weeks. So I, I'm not sure how this is going to go down. The Cardinals are going to have to play the um, the Rams next week. And Kyler Murray went down with a leg injury the very last play of this game. So his uh, status is un is unclear for next week games. What huge story to watch coming in the next week. Absolutely, and it's kind of weird to see Kyler Murray struggle like that because, you know, he's such a talented runner of the football, and he's he's a pretty darn good passer too. I mean, seeing him play earlier on the season, 
I would not have expected this out of him, you know, later on. And I know I'm a, I'm a pretty big Kyler Murray fan. I like him. I like how he plays. He's very entertaining to watch. And I don't know. I feel like he himself should like he deserves to go to the playoffs. And you know the matchup for him just gets worse when they play. You know the Rams, and he might be if he does play. He's coming off of a an injury. It's just the chances of the Cardinals making the playoffs is looking a lot lower every week that goes by. So. I don't know. I think that they're kind of one-dimensional at the moment, and that's not really going to help when you're playing a very, very good defense. Uh, with a, you know, what's his name for the Rams? Uh, Jared Goff might not be starting because he broke his thumb. So I don't know. Maybe that's good for the Rams' offense. I'm just saying, like they might be able to start scoring some points. And when you have that good defense and you can score some points, that's dangerous, man. Okay. I really, uh, we're going to go to the, the last Saturday game, the last Saturday game, and you know I really want to talk about this one, so go with me here, all right? Miami versus I'm the here. Raiders. All right, Miami versus the Raiders. Man, what a game. What a game. I, I laughed. I cried. I was uh, ecstatic. I felt every emotion in this game, Caden, and... You know, just if you didn't see the game, Miami beat the Raiders 26-25. to Miami's now the number five seed in the playoffs at 10-5. and The Raiders are now eliminated from the playoffs at 7-8. and Dude, this game was ridiculous. I'll give a quick recap of it. You know, Tua's playing the first, I believe it was three quarters. He's not getting it done, and not really a much to his. Like, you know, he did struggle, but I wouldn't say it's really all on him or... Most of it's on him. I really think it's the play calling, man. You see a completely different uh, set of plays come in when Fitz comes in. It's just, it's really annoys me. And that's where I got just so angry watching this game is because our offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, will just call, you know, little small five yard routes uh, when two is throwing the ball. But when Fitz comes in, he's throwing the ball downfield like almost every play. And you, you know that two can do that because he did it against the Chiefs with nobody to throw to, he's definitely capable of it. Anyway, getting off of that, Tua comes out of the game. Fitz goes in. Uh, they refer to him as uh, their relief pitcher. He comes in, fourth quarter, we're down. Uh, he goes in, throws a, a quick pass to Miles Gaskin, who went off this game, two touchdowns. Uh, he goes for like a 54-yard touchdown, man, all the way down the field, scores the touchdown, other side of the ball. This is all in like the last couple minutes of the game. Uh, what's his name? Nelson Aguilar, I believe it was. He catches a pass, or there was a really bad pass interference call. Ridiculous. They go in, they score a touchdown, and then they're up. I believe they were up two points with like no time remaining. They purposely did not run it into the end zone uh, with Josh Jacobs. Kick it back to us with like 19 seconds left. We go down the field. Fitz throws a ball while he's getting face masks, so he's not even looking. His helmet's sideways. He throws a ball to the sideline to Mac Collins. Mac Collins catches it. So we get the ball there, plus a 15-yard face max penalty. On top of that, advance it forward. Jason Sanders kicks a game-winning field goal with one second left. Squib kick it back to the Raiders. They fumble it. Miami recovers, so they continue their turnover streak in every game. I believe it's 20-something now. Best in the NFL. Miami wins this game, keeps their playoff hopes alive, and now all they need to do is win or have the Browns lose, I believe the Ravens lose, or the Colts lose in order to get into the playoffs. So, Kate, 
I know I just talked a lot about that game, but I'm turning it over to you now. Well, Zach, I think you kind of hit all marks in this game. Tua struggles. The fit or Fitzmagic comes in. He puts on a show. He has that incredible. I don't even know how he made that last pass, man. He's his face is literally being torn off of his head when he throws that ball, and it gets caught on the sideline. And this reminds me a lot, Zach, of when the Raiders go and beat the Jets, and the Jets had that terrible defensive call at the end of blitz, and the Raiders win. It almost reminds me of this game. When you have 19 seconds left and you're trying to hold them from field goal range, there are two, and they don't have any timeouts. Two things you need to remember. One, don't let anybody behind you. Two, don't let anybody catch anything on the sidelines. Right? It needs to be front, middle, where the ball is being caught. The Raiders don't do that for one play, and they lose their game. They're out of the playoff. Raiders are officially out of the playoff picture. Dolphins now have the fifth seed, and like you said, either they beat Buffalo next week, or they ha- or one of the other three teams has a loss. It's that simple. So when it comes to the quarterback situation uh, for the Miami Dolphins, here's the thing, Zach. I'm going to disagree with you that it's the play calling. No, I did not no. see Tua make any aggressive throws at some point two has got to have the confidence to actually step up and make a throw in the first half zach he only had one pass attempt that was over 10 yards so when you're not even trying to throw it past the first down marker at some point Fitz had to come in and actually step up and throw a decent ball down the field which he did and that's why you guys won the game now whether it comes to who's going to start next week i still am going to start Tua and keep Fitz back there just in case. But if Tua can't make anything happen early, because Buffalo will score early. I know you guys have a great defense, but Buffalo's going to score. Josh Allen looks great. Stephon Diggs looks great. You guys are going to need to have to score points early. And if Tua can't do it, I'm going to put Fitz in earlier than I did this game. Okay. So I can, I, I can say he struggled in that game, but I watched every snap of it and the the routes these receivers were running, there was very very rarely a route that a receiver was running deeper than ten yards, and if they were, they were not getting any separation. And that's another thing that I think this is the biggest thing too he needs to address in order to you know be an NFL quarterback and play to an elite status, which I know he's capable of, is seeing guys that are open. I mean, he's very good at reading the field, but. The difference between open in college and open in the NFL is very different, especially when you play at a power school like Alabama. So I think that when he recognizes that these guys are NFL open, he'll be able to throw a dime, get it there. He's super accurate. I think it's really just a mental thing of reading that, of is he open, is he not? Because I think the reason why he's not throwing, even when there is a deep route and maybe he's not throwing it, either it's covered, but he might not see them as open because they don't have a lot of separation and he wants to protect the football, which is understandable. Again, that's not good. That's not good enough right now. So it's something that he needs to learn and get better. He did. I'll say it. He struggled in that game, but there's definite room for improvement. And I think we need a new offensive coordinator in this off season. Okay. We're going to go to Sunday now. All right. We're going to go to a very entertaining game. It's Colts Steelers two playoff teams. Colts, I think they're on the outside looking in right now, actually, at the playoffs. They're 10-5. and five. Uh, Steelers are now 12-3. and three. 
Steelers beat the Colts 28-24 with a comeback victory. I believe it was in the fourth quarter. And this Colts defense, it, both these teams have pretty okay offenses, very good defenses. And Steelers coming off of, you know, a couple losses, they need a win here. They come out and earlier on it didn't look like they were going to get this win. But, you know, they proved that they can still be able to beat teams, especially ones that are actually good. I know they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point. I think this is to the point in the Steelers team where they're understanding that, hey, <laughs> this is do or die now. You get into the playoffs, better start winning some serious games. So, I don't know. I'm seeing, you know, Big Ben step up uh, in this game, leading his team back. And he did not look good at the beginning of this game, Cade. He did not look good at all. But that being said, he made adjustments in halftime coming out. You know, he, he brings his team back, carries him on the shoulders, throws to his three pretty good receivers, and makes it happen. So, I believe, yeah, the Steelers clinched the AFC North for the first time in three years, which, uh, you know, good for them. So, yeah. Caden, what are your thoughts on this game? Zach, this was a tale of two halves, in my opinion. I mean, oh, yeah. you look at the first half in this game, and Indianapolis— Dude, just on their first drive, they go down nine plays, 70 yards, and score with a Jonathan Taylor touchdown as if they did it in their sleep. It seemed like a blowout just from the first drive. And then you start getting into it, Indianapolis fumbles, Pittsburgh scores again. Well, then back-to-back touchdowns by Colts, and now they're up 21-7. First drive of the second half for the Colts, they go down and score a field goal. 24-7, just at the start of the second half, and... It looked like the Steelers had been doing what they had done in the previous three games, where their defense is really getting hurt because their offense is producing literally nothing. I mean, their first half touchdown was because of a uh, a fumble by Phillip Rivers that got got them down within five yards, and they almost didn't even score on that drive. So I'm watching this game, and I'm like, well, (laughs) the Colts are absolutely dominating the Steelers and the Steelers have no answer on the offense. Well, then you get into the third and fourth end of the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter. Now the Steelers get something rolling back to back touchdown or actually back to back to back touchdown drives in between of the Colts, a three and out and a five play punt. Big Ben, I got to hand it to him. He looked really good throwing the ball and big thing His receivers weren't dropping balls in this game, which has been a huge problem for Steelers wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Judas Smith-Juster, Chase Claypool. These guys have been dropping balls, and in this game, they really didn't do that in the second half. They were able to come in clutch and uh, get something going, and credit to the Pittsburgh defense for hanging in there. Like In previous games in the past, I kind of sensed that the Steelers defense had almost given up when they saw their offense producing zero uh, points. So the fact that the Steelers were able to hunker down and actually stop and actually put away a really talented offense, in my opinion, especially this offensive line in Indianapolis, I think the Steelers, now they're 12 and three, good job winning the division. We'll see if they'll be able to win a playoff game because there are some really talented teams in the playoff picture right now. In fact, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers would be playing the Baltimore Ravens. And that is a very talented team in the last, especially in the last three games. So I'm not certain on their playoff future, but definitely worthy of being a playoff team. 
Absolutely. And uh, I think maybe uh, something that has to do with the Steelers receivers uh, catching more balls is uh, they stopped dropping as many videos on TikTok and uh, went to the jug machine, maybe practiced a little bit more. Uh, Kate, or, they, or, the, or they stopped dancing on opponents' field, opponents' uh, logos. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Maybe they can lock in now, I guess. Okay, Falcons-Chiefs. This game kind of annoyed me. Uh, ever since uh, Miami played the Chiefs, I realized how either lucky they get, how annoyingly good they are, and just the refs typically side with them. And don't get me wrong. I, I've always really liked the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes won me my first fantasy football championship. You know, I love the guy. He's a good person. But, come on. Like, they're playing the Falcons. And they only put up 17 on the Falcons' defense. What? what? You know? And the Falcons, you know, they put up 14, which is not great. But, honestly, I'm watch- I- I'm looking at this game. And I, don't- I honestly don't think the Chiefs should have won this game, Cade. You know... In this game, the Chiefs do clinch first round by. They're now fourteen and one. Only losses to the Raiders. I they'll probably sit their stars uh, next week. But dude, I just this one didn't sit right with me. I I don't think that they came out and they played like they should have won this game, Kate. Yeah, it was definitely a a kind of a weird game for the Chiefs. You kind of thought that the Falcons had found the the kind of the secret of the Chiefs offense, but credit to the Chiefs defense for holding these Falcons to only 14 points on kind of a really talented, just from a from a personnel standpoint, a talented Falcons offense. Matt Ryan really couldn't get anything done. The run game was nowhere to be found in Atlanta. And they and they only hold them to 14 points. So credit to the Chiefs defense. But when you talk about this Chiefs offense here, Patrick Mahomes struggled in this game. 24 of 44, 278, two touchdowns, and an interception. And that second touchdown came within two minutes of the final seconds of the game. I mean, the Falcons' defense had figured out this, this Kansas City scheme. And I don't know... Zach, here's what, here's, what I'm uncon- here's what I'm concerned about. Are the Chiefs this predictable? Or do they just have a one-off game? This is their first game all year where they've scored under 20 points in any game. And they still won. Well, People Kate, are... Pe- yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It doesn't matter. They're going to win the game. And it doesn't it doesn't matter really how they perform until like the final five minutes of the game because Mahomes is that good. He's got the weapons around him. His defense will typically hold the other team to a reasonable amount of points. It just at this point it doesn't feel like <laughs> their scheme. I mean, it does matter, but it, it just feels like no matter what they do, they're going to win the game. And it's it's weird to me, Kate. Yeah, you kind of have this feeling all game that no matter what happens, they're going to win. And I don't necessarily think the game is rigged. I think Andy Reid is that good. I think Patrick Mahomes is that good. I think this defense is finally figuring out something. But here's the thing: you aren't going to have that luxury come playoff time. Chiefs have honestly had a really easy schedule. But when you go and play Buffalo, a revamped Buffalo, when you go and play Baltimore, a revamped Buffalo, or uh, Baltimore, when you go maybe to the Super Bowl and you have to play a Packers or a Saints, again, a healthier Saints, you're not going to have the luxury of waiting till the fourth quarter to actually put up points because those teams 
have the offenses to put up points in the first three quarters. Like I said, Chiefs are not a first first quarter scoring team. They are a second and third quarter scoring team. And again, it happened in this game. Touchdown in the second quarter, 10 points in the fourth quarter. They do it late. And they are a field goal away from putting this game into overtime. This was probably the biggest surprise for me. Young Ho Koo misses a game-tying field goal. It's like his first missed field goal in 25 attempts. No way he should have missed this. Kind of felt bad for the Falcons, but at the same time, at the same time, this Chiefs team clinching their number one spot in the AFC. Now they're going to have home games throughout the playoffs. I expect them to make it to the AFC Championship. We'll see how far they can go. Yeah, I think the storyline of that game is Rodgers clinches MVP because we'll talk about this later, how he played uh, later on in the week. It's just unbelievable. I do think he deserves it over anybody else at the moment. Okay, next we're talking about Bears-Jaguars. And Bears, they put up 41 points. They've been on a hot streak. Granted, it was the Jags, but, dude, this Bears team's been on a hot streak offensively, and defensively they've been pretty solid too. I mean, uh, for the first time in four games, they've put up 30 points. That's the first time since the 60s that they've done that, Cade. Uh, what, what What's happening, man? Mitchell Trubisky actually kind of looks good right now. I think it's in part because he's relying on the run game with David Montgomery, who's been absolutely killing it recently. Uh, Jaguars, they uh, solidified their number one overall draft pick, probably the draft Trevor Lawrence. Feel bad for Gardner Minshew, but that's the way it is. You don't win games, you're going to be replaced. And, uh, hey, all of a sudden, this Bears team's back in the playoff race. And they're legit. they're a legit playoff team right now, man. So... Do you think that the Bears can keep this going offensively? And uh, do you think that they're going to have to rely more on their defense? Or what is their, uh, I guess, what's their strategy going into the playoffs from here? Well, here's the thing, Zach. You got to win your last playoff game first. Um, and well, that's, yeah, against, that's against the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. So we are going to truly see what this Bears team can do come week 17. I have absolutely loved the play calling, the schemes, The whole strategy aspect for the Bears has been amazing. Run David Montgomery because you have clearly found your franchise running back and throw Trubisky when you need him to because I know he had an interception in this game, but I feel like he's making smarter decisions. He's making tighter balls and he's finding open guys. Jimmy Graham had two touchdowns in this game. I mean, those were the only two touchdowns Trubisky had. So again, they don't have a ton of weapons on the receiving side, but they don't need to because you got David Montgomery and you got enough weapons that Trubisky can use. He only threw the ball 35 times. You look at earlier games where he's throwing the ball 40 or 50 times. That's not the key to success when it comes to Chicago. Run the ball first. Defensive side of the ball, I know you played Jacksonville, but still 17 points against any NFL team is really darn good. I love how their defense has been playing. I don't know if they'll be able to keep it up against Green Bay next week. And sadly, Green Bay has to play because there is not a guaranteed first place position for the Packers. So they are going to be using all their weapons. We'll see how the Bears can take it. But this is definitely a revamped team. I do think they are playoff worthy over the Arizona Cardinals, who they are tied with right now. They do have the seventh seed. We'll see how the Cardinals play. We'll see how the Bears play. I love the scheme of both these teams. 
Again, Jacksonville Jaguars, first spot in the 2021 NFL draft, more than likely getting Trevor Lawrence. But I'd love to see different front office and different coaching personnel in Jacksonville as well. Get like an offensive-minded coach to really help Trevor Lawrence come 2021. Absolutely. And another uh, extremely valuable weapon on that Bears offense is wide receiver Allen Robinson. He's done so well, even when his offense has been so bad for so long. And he's now a free agent coming into 2021. And I'm very excited to see where he goes if he stays. If he doesn't stay, I'd love you know Miami to pick him up. But I think that give him more of a pass in a give him a more pass heavy offense to operate in he's just going to explode in production dude uh Cade, i know you don't want to talk about this one but we're gonna have to it's texans Bengals. i'm not gonna talk about much i'm gonna hand this one over to you kid i know it's your team i know it was a tough loss Cade, how are you feeling and just just go with me here all right I'm going to go with you, Zach, and I am not going to talk about this game much either because when you compare it to other games in this uh, in this week, this game didn't really matter much. Fun fact, this was actually one of two games where there were two teams eliminated from the playoffs playing against each other. So this game really didn't matter to anybody at this point. Um Houston Texans lose 37-31 to to the Cincinnati Bengals. A really kind of entertaining, high-scoring game that went down to the wire. Uh, all I got to say is this. I loved how our, offensive play, our offense played. You look at our main weapons, Deshaun Watson, 24-33, 324, three touchdowns. David Johnson, 12 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, 7 receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown. We finally used our main weapons. We finally scored more than 30 points, which we have not done at all this year. But there are two things you got to take away from this. One, we are still awful when it comes to rush defense. I mean, they scored like two touchdowns against it. We are, what is it? No, we are second to last in rushing yards per game defensive-wise. I mean... I don't know what to say. Brandon, when you have Brandon Allen and a Cincinnati Bengals put up 37 points against you, that's pretty rough. But the second thing I see is that Deshaun Watson cannot hold the ball when it comes to the last seconds of the game. This is the third time in four weeks where the Houston Texans have blown a game fumbling the ball on their last possession. Deshaun Watson himself has done it twice. So that's kind of on Deshaun a little bit for not being able to hold the ball. I've kind of seen it a lot. He's not a two-handed quarterback. When he is forced out of the pocket, he waggles that ball around in one hand just for everyone to to see. So I'm not necessarily surprised by it. I am disappointed by it. Here's the thing. I'm looking forward to 2021. I know we're not going to have a draft pick, but I need a good coach. And when you look at the two coaches that the Houston Texans have interviewed already, Jim Caldwell and Marvin Lewis. I'm not happy with either of those guys. I need a defensive-minded head coach. Our offense is good, and I think we can find a good offensive coordinator to call plays. I don't like our play calling either, but I need a defensive-minded head coach to help revamp the secondary. J.J. Watt is impatient 
that lack of effort is insurmountable, help us with a coach. Otherwise, this game doesn't really matter to a whole lot of people except the poor Bengals and Texans fans like myself. (laughs) Quick draft update, by the way. Texans now hold the number three overall pick. So, I'm sorry, what? Myself. Yeah, you hold the number three overall pick right now. Because of what? Because we haven't had a trade like that in a while. When did that come up? You haven't had a what? No, not a trade. I mean, like, in your position right now, you'd be picking number three, which is not your pick. I'm just saying that's where you are. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's about right. (laughs) That's about right. Thanks, Zach. Sorry Sorry to get your hopes up. Y'all Dolphins can just have that. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to go to the playoffs and have a top three pick. That would be the best. (laughs) Yeah, for for real. That actually could happen because we played the Titans last week. So, yeah, that could definitely happen. Titans need to win that game, too. But uh, that's another... Just for another time. Um, Giants, Ravens. Ravens looking hot now. J.K. Dobbins with another rush touchdown. That's been five five games in a row where he's had one. So that's uh, that's a Baltimore rookie record, which is pretty cool to see. Good to see him doing really well in that run-heavy system. Giants, uh, they drop another game. They're now 5-10, and 10, and the Ravens are now 10-5. and five. A little flipperoo there. Which is funny because both these teams are still in playoff contention. Uh, Giants could most definitely still win their division, and then Ravens are still looking to secure one of those wild cards. So, uh, you know, Ravens are able to put up a lot of points. 27, I say that's a lot. I mean, the Giants have a pretty decent defense, but if if you're trying to make a playoff push, you should be putting up that much points on the Giants. So, I really don't have a lot to say about this one, Cade. Uh, Ravens, you know, they're kind of getting back to what they looked like last year a little bit. Uh, now they have Dobbins instead of Mark Ingram running the ball. I'd say their defense is definitely, I'd say they're better now. So maybe they are more prepared for a playoff push than they were last year. Uh, Lamar Jackson has another year under his belt of experience. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, choke in another playoff game if he gets there. But Cade, what do you think? Zach, this game showed me that the Ravens are a scary, scary team. You look at the weapons that they've had but they have not utilized since these last two or three games. Lamar Jackson, okay? We all know he is not a 40-plus passing quarterback, right? In this game, he only tried throwing the ball 26 times. That is a perfect number for him. You look at the running backs, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. Those guys have been absolute studs in the backfield. Again, J.K. Dobbins with another touchdown, has a franchise record. Good job for him. I think that was an excellent draft pick. Sorry, Zach. I know you wanted him. And then when you look on the rece- when you look on the receiving side of the ball for the Ravens, finally, 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 we see some production coming out of wide receivers. Marquise Brown had another touchdown in this game. Mark Andrews has had a team high for 76 yards. And Zach, back-to-back games where Dez Bryant has a touchdown. The wily old veteran is coming in clutch in the final games for the Baltimore Ravens. He will be a huge threat come playoff time. The Baltimore Ravens will be playing the Cincinnati Bengals last week. If they win, they are in. I believe they will win. I think this is definitely a playoff-worthy team. For the Giants, they need a Washington football team loss plus a victory over the Cowboys. The problem is I don't even think they'll beat the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are on fire offensively. 
The Giants have found nothing offensively since the return of Daniel Jones. This is a crumbling Giants team that I don't think has a shot or even deserves to be part of the playoffs this year. Well, I think that could be said about any NFC East team, to be honest. But I, I, you can make the argument for Washington, but I have I can to make the argument the for Dallas. Yeah, you have to address the uh, you know, I have to address the whole J.K. Dobbins thing. As much as it hurt on draft night, I'm very happy we didn't pick him. He's a good running back. I'm happy with Miles Gaskin. Plus, we got very underrated draft pick this year. Um, he's a defensive tackle from uh, Alabama. He's been killing it. So, well, let me ask I, you this: I'm Zach. okay with that. Is Neem uh, Neem Hines from Alabama still on your list? What do you mean? Oh, you, not Hines. From Alabama, the running back from oh, Alabama. Oh, Najee Harris. Oh, wait. Golly. Sorry. I don't know what I was You're doing. good. I was like, wait a second. Is Najee Harris still on your list as a potential draft pick? Cade, I can't not have him on my list. I love Miles Gaskin, but if I can get Najee Harris with Tua, I'm doing it. 100% I'm doing it. Honestly, I think he's he should be considered for a Heisman. This guy's insane. And I would love, love to pick him in the draft. All Plus, right, we need cool. we need a better run game, dude. Like Miles Gaskin's great, but like yeah, we need a better run game. We really do. Uh, Kade, Browns yeah. Jets. All right, Browns Jets. Oh, wow. Just moving on. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Baker, what are you what are you doing, Baker? I mean, I understand you don't have like any wide receivers. To be fair, but. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who honestly put Nick Chubb out wide. He'll be a wide receiver. I don't care. You're not losing to the Jets. The Jets have now beaten two teams in a row, two winning teams in a row. What is happening? They're, they're, you give them the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence, change their future? Nah, we're good. We'll just win some meaningless games and not take Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't understand, Cade. I don't. Honestly, should the Browns even be able to get into the playoffs after they lose to the Jets? Let's be real. Yes. Come on, dude. Yes. Yes, they should. Come on, dude. Yes. I no, mean, they should. You can, this is you can definitely a playoff team. But the thing is, they lose the Jets. I, I know they don't have wide receivers in that game, but... Doc, they didn't have any on. wide receivers in this game. Zero. They say that. They say that, but they had. I think they had like two or three. Baker Mayfield uh, they, had receiver in this had receivers in this game who had never caught an NFL pass in their career. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, that did happen earlier in the season. I know I'm, I keep bringing this back to Miami, but, like, Tua against the Chiefs, he has nobody. His top pass catcher was a quarterback in college, and his second best was also a quarterback in college. You make do, man. You make – and, like, I just don't understand why they didn't rush the ball more, I guess, too. Yeah. I, I guess this isn't all on, like, you know, Baker because – you can't really win games when you have like no receivers, I guess. But, dude, Stavansky, what? Do you, run the ball, run the ball. Jets do have a pretty good run, like run stopping defense. That's really the only bright spot on that team thus far. But, uh, if I was a Browns fan, I would. Uh, this would hurt so badly, man. This would hurt so badly. And if you're a Jets fan, it also hurts equally as badly because now you just gave away Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. So. I think this is a loss by both teams this week, kid. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on this one. Here's the thing: I'm gonna back up Cleveland a little bit. 
Yes, the play calling, in my opinion, was not great. I mean, Baker threw the ball 53 times. Are you kidding me? He also th- he also fumbled the ball three times. Um, the Cleveland Browns were missing an offensive lineman or two, so they didn't have their starting five up front either. Plus, all their wide receivers were gone. So your main threats are your two running backs and Austin Hooper, who honestly didn't play a terrible game. But the fact that you're passing the ball 53 times, I don't know if Stefanski was being experimental. Final score of 23-16 to 16 in favor of the Jets. So you're only able to put up 16 points against the Jets. That's a little bit embarrassing. Browns, 23 points allowed to the Jets. It's pretty bad, but it's not horrible. Okay, I'm not super surprised by that. Jets have really come on as of late. They were healthy on offense in this game, and Sam Darnold looked a little bit better. But the fact that Cleveland Browns only scored 16 to the Jets, even without all those guys, you still have Nick Chubb. Like you said, put him out wide. I don't care. He'll do better. But when when Baker Mayfield struggles with getting protected in the pocket, he kind of panics. He puts the ball on the ground. So when we see the Cleveland Browns play a front seven that is really good come playoff time, I'm concerned that he's not going to be able to hold up. The hu- the biggest thing that came out of this game, Zach, was the fact that the Cleveland Browns just dropped from the fifth seed to the seventh seed in the playoff picture, which means if they were to win next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Dolphins and Ravens would win if they were to stay in the seventh seed, I should say. They would be playing the Buffalo Bills. I don't want to be playing the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo in January with the team they have put up in the last few weeks. This was definitely a loss for the Browns. For the Jets, yeah, the number two pick, okay, big deal. Maybe Sam Darnold is the guy for at least another year. I'm still not going to say anything until Adam Gase is out of there. So I'm, I'm just going to hold off on what they do for the draft right now. Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, uh, moving on to another game is Panthers uh, versus Washington. Uh, Washington drops a game in a very crucial moment in their season. They're now 6-9. and nine. Panthers are now 5-10. and ten. Uh, You know, they win 20-13. to 13. Very defensive, heavy game. Both teams have a pretty... I th- I'd say the Panthers have an okay defense. But Washington... 100% has a very good defense, especially with you know Chase Young back there on that defensive line for them, having a very impressive rookie season, at least as of late. I think he started out pretty slow, but he's really turning it on later in this season. I think it's just kind of a, a preview or a sneak peek of what he's going to do in his sophomore season. I think he's really going to be even better than he is right now. But uh, again, not much of a, uh, I'd say kind of meaningless. You know, Washington is still in the hunt to get into the playoffs, so not completely meaningless, but you know they did lose here, so that's not really good for them. They're not competing with, I believe, the Cowboys and the Giants for their division. I'd say the Eagles still have a shot, but they need a lot to happen in order for that to be the case. I don't think that everything's going to go in their favor from here on out. If it does, I mean, good for them, but I'd say it's really a toss-up between Washington and the Cowboys at this point. Uh, okay, how do you think that the their first playoff game is going to go. The first uh, NFC East playoff game. Are they going to be guaranteed first round out? Are they going to get decimated? Will they have a shot at it? Well, 
are which team are you talking about, Zach? Because I'm not certain on which team's actually going to make the playoffs in the NFC East. Well, I mean, you're looking at the top two teams really right now, and that's uh, the Cowboys and the the football team. So okay. those two teams really. Well, here's what I'll tell you. I think the Cowboys will make the playoffs. I'm going to say that right now. I think Washington loses to Philadelphia next week, and I think the Cowboys beat the Giants, and I think the Cowboys are in. We'll get to the Cowboys game in a second, but they're putting up more points. They're playing better defense. Both sides of the ball. Cowboys are playing better than the Washington football team at the moment. Washington does not have a quarterback, Zach. Alex Smith got hurt. Dwayne Haskins comes in. He does some nasty stuff off the field. Plays bad at the quarterback helm. 50% completion rating or completion percentage. Two interceptions, no touchdowns, and he gets fired the next day. The Washington football team does not have a quarterback right now. Dallas Cowboys do. Washington struggled running the ball in this game. Everything offensive-wise did not go right for Washington. Their defense still did good. 20 points held to the Panthers is pretty good. But if you are a playoff-caliber team, Zach, you need to put up more than 20 points against a team that was 4-10 and 10 coming into this game. I do not like how Washington's been playing. Defensive-wise, we all know they're spectacular. But offensive-wise, there is no hope, in my opinion. I think the Eagles... I know they struggled on Sunday, but Jalen Hurts is still, in my opinion, the franchise quarterback in Philadelphia. He's got the weapons. I expect a lot of production come Sunday for Philadelphia over the Washington football team and Dallas making the playoffs. All right. I mean, talk about playoff teams needing to put up more than 20. I understand that, you know, Browns are without the receivers, but they put up 16 on a 2-13 and 13 team. I, yep. Browns are ten and five. Browns are ten yeah. and five with that loss. The Washington that football team more is six and nine. That makes it more embarrassing, though, man. You're a good team that just. Oh, well, I'm not saying just... it wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't an embarrassing loss, but I think the people they had missing hurt more than I think people think. I am concerned about Baker Mayfield when he does not have a pocket to throw in. So I don't know how they'll do come playoff time, but I'm not going to panic over one loss to the Jets. All right, that's valid. Do you think Do you think the Rams are a playoff team, Zach? Uh, I think that with Jared Goff, they're not a playoff team. Oof, okay. I don't, I, I, I don't think that Jared Goff is that good of a quarterback. I think he folds under pressure, and I just – he had one really good season, and fr- – Outside of that one season, he's not been very good. He really hasn't. So, okay. to be honest, I think they need to go in a different direction at quarterback. That still remains to be seen, I guess, in the eyes of their team. But, you know, I don't. I just don't think you're going to win championships with Jared Goff. You saw that in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. I think he put up like three points. So, I just, nah, I don't know. All okay, right. we're headed to a divisional matchup. Uh, Broncos, Chargers, Justin Herbert gets another win. Which uh, now has six on the season. They're six and nine. Broncos are five and ten, which is not what I expected them to be this season. I expected Drew Locke to be a lot better. Uh, turns out he's he's not. <laughs> he's got some really good weapons. I mean, you know, Sutton goes out on the season, so that kind of that hurts. But you have two really good running backs, Melvin Gordon, Phil Lindsay. You still have Jerry Judy, fantastic wide receiver out wide. You have a great tight end. Um, his name is escaping me right now. Noah Font. 
Noah Font, yeah. Pretty, very good tight end, I'd say, especially for, I think, it's his second year in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, the Broncos surround him with weapons. He's putting up 16 on the Chargers. So, Justin Herbert uh, breaks the NFL rookie touchdown record. Pretty cool for him. And uh, both teams are kind of dead in the water right now, but it's good to see the Chargers winning some games. It's uh, been tough for them, I'm sure, you know, putting up a ton of points, having a lot of good quarterback play, and that's not coming out with wins. So, good win here in a divisional matchup. It sure was, Zach. And a few things I take away from this game. One, Justin Herbert is the future of the Chargers. I think that's been proven for the last few weeks. But now the Chargers don't have to worry about a quarterback. This is It was really good because when Phillip Rivers goes, you need to find someone quick. And they found someone quick. And now they don't have to worry about it for at least another few years, in my opinion. I still think play calling and coaching is an issue in L.A. when it comes to the AFC Chargers. But they will fix that over the offseason. They definitely have the weapons. Austin Eckler still, I think, a good running back. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen receiving the ball. Uh, Hunter Henry as a tight end. I know he was hurt this game, but he is still a solid receiver. So weapons for the Chargers, great. For the Broncos, outside of Drew Locke, there are still weapons. Phil Blimlesey has had injury problems. He didn't play in this game, but you still have Melvin Gordon. You still have Jerry Judy, Noah Font. Dak, Drew Locke, he's not the guy. I'm just going to say it. Drew Locke cannot protect the ball. He cannot make clutch deep throws. I don't see him in the future of this franchise whatsoever come offseason. I don't know if they're going to draft, trade, but I would be shocked to see Drew Locke as the starting quarterback in 2021 for the Broncos. Yeah, that's that's fair to say, I guess. I mean... I expected more from him this season, and your analysis is 100% valid and fair. So, kind of sad to see, but I saw something. He's uh, Trevor Simeon with uh, like a, a likable Trevor Simeon is basically what he is, <laughs> or a Trevor Simeon who can dance, something like that. It was pretty funny. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so the last four out of uh, three out of four games we're going to talk about, Cade. Three of them are divisional matchups, which. There was a lot of those this week. It made for a very interesting week of football. And the next one we're talking about is Eagles-Cowboys. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but Cowboys able to decimate the Eagles' defense, putting up 37 points while the Eagles' uh, Jalen Hurts struggled in the last, in the fourth quarter. I think he turned it over two or three times in that fourth quarter. Uh, they only put up 17. Eagles' playoff hopes dwindling. Cowboys, on the other hand, are surging forward. And... Man, Kate, what do you expect from this Cowboys team, you know, in the next weeks? I feel like we already talked about this, but if you want to just touch on it briefly. We kind of have already talked about this. Yes, he turned the ball over. Uh, Jalen Hurst turned the ball over uh, three times in the fourth quarter. Actually, their last three possessions were all uh, turnovers for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is not the winning uh, key. Is not the key for success when you're talking about trying to make a push for the playoffs. They're now 4-10-1. and one. Cowboys at six and nine final score. Like you said, 37 to 17 Zach, I am absolutely loving Andy Dalton and this system right now. You look at the last three games for the Cowboys, 30 points, 41 points, 37 points. That is the, that is amazing. When you come from a team who really felt like they couldn't get anything going offensively after Dak went down. So I am loving 
uh, Andy Dalton and his receivers, he has found a great relationship in Michael Gallup. You also have CeeDee Lamb, who I believe was a stud rookie. That was a that was an amazing pickup uh, for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. But then there's also Amari Cooper there as well. Ezekiel Elliott honestly didn't play um, too bad in this game. He had a, finally a game where he rushed for over 100 yards. So 37 points. That is... I mean, that's the key to success for the Cowboys is being able to put up points. I'm still concerned about their defense. Obviously, they are allowing too many yards just in general. But when you held when you hold the Philadelphia Eagles to zero points in the entire second half, I got to give them credit for something. They were able to hold off Jalen Hurts. He rushed the ball for a little bit more uh, than people than I think the Cowboys would hope. But from a throwing standpoint, Jalen Hurts definitely got exposed. And Andy Dalton came in clutch. So when you look at next week's matchup with the Cowboys and Giants, Zach, I'm liking Andy Dalton over Daniel Jones. And I think the Cowboys can win for the Eagles. They got to fight against the Washington football team. I think they can regroup. I don't see Jalen Hurts collapsing two games in a row, if you know what I mean. I think he does better when it comes to getting back up out of a bad game than I think Carson Wentz does. I just like the energy more with Jalen Hurts. He's a rookie QB who got thrown into the system late in the year. So I don't I don't expect a ton out of him. But when he has a good offseason, I know COVID hurt everybody's offseason when it comes to knowing the system. A good offseason for Jalen Hurts. I'm liking Philadelphia for 2021. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, another unexpectedly good defense this week was the Seahawks defense and their victory over the Rams. Only held the Rams to nine points. Again, I think that's partially in part to Jared Goff's inability to just put up points. And, uh, you know, sometimes this season he puts up a lot, but a lot of times he's not doing so hot. And I, I've seen it firsthand, uh, him just turn the ball over or just going three and out a lot. Uh, the Rams are now 9-6. and six. Seahawks clinched the NFC West title. They're 11-4. and four. And the Rams really had a chance to, you know, tie their record with the Seahawks here. And they came up short. They only put up nine K, three field goals, no touchdowns. That's it. And Seahawks on defense, they look pretty good, actually. I'm not going to lie. Uh, total contrast to what they looked like earlier in the season and mostly up to this point, too. Jamal Adams actually is starting to look like the guy they traded for. Um, still hasn't gotten his first interception as a, uh, a Seahawk, but he was very close this game. It kind of went in and out of his hands. But uh, yeah, Jared Goff in this game, he broke his thumb. So another, I think it's on his throwing hand too. So more more bad things for the Rams happen. Uh, Cade, analysis. My analysis is the Seahawks have flipped the entire story of their season. They started off power offense with Russell Wilson breaking records for touchdowns earlier in the season. And their, their defense was nowhere to be found. I mean, you're talking you're allowing 30 plus points almost per game. And you're just it's it was statistically destined to be one of the worst defenses in the history of the NFL when it comes to yards allowed per game. Well, now, Zach, the story has flipped. This is their seventh straight game where they have allowed 23 points or less, especially their last four games. 
have been under 20 points. Actually, five games. The last five games, Zach, have been, they have allowed less than 20 points to some honestly decent teams. So I am loving how their defense has been playing. I mean, the Carlos Dunlap trade, I think, was totally worth it. I mean, again, Jamal Adams is looking pretty good. But Zach, Seattle's offense, not really putting up the amount of points I think they're going to need come playoff time. 20 against the Rams, that's pretty good. 20 against Washington football team, that could be probably a little bit more. 12 against the Giants, which they lost that game. Russell Wilson is turning the ball over a little bit more. He's not getting things going till late. Again, they scored their main, they only really had two key drives in this game. One in the third quarter, one late in the fourth quarter. If the Seahawks are going to be a threat in the NFC in the playoff picture, again, they just clinched their division. So they're in and they're going to be one of the top three teams. If they're going to be a threat, they need to score early. They need to find that power kind of offensive football like they did earlier in the year. Defensive-wise, keep doing what you're doing. When it comes to the Rams, Zach, I agree with you. Jared Goff might not be the future for the LA Rams. I know his head coach is sick of it. I know the fans are sick of it. When it comes to running the football, I think they're fine. Daryl Henderson looked good. Um, Cam Akers was injured, but I think they're fine running the ball. Receiving-wise, they're good. But, man, they need a quarterback who cannot turn the ball over, make good throws in the pocket. I'm not sure Jared Goff is it. We'll see if they decide to bring somebody on as a backup, maybe draft a quarterback fourth or fifth round, just to give Goff some competition in this offseason. Yeah, I believe they actually just inquired about Blake Bortles. I think that's just a temporary fix for this season. I wouldn't really keep him as your solution for any extended period of time. No, exactly. But Definitely not. I would say the key to the Seahawks offense, Cade, is getting Chris Carson the ball and having him rush some more. I think that Mm. when he does do well, uh, Russell Wilson does a lot better too. It will really open up the passing game, I'd say, get a little less pressure in the pocket, and uh, they'll be able to throw it up to their star receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, which I definitely agree with you, man. They should be scoring a lot more points than they are as of recent. Cade, talking about points, we're going to talk about a lot of points being put up against uh, a Titans defense by probably the favorite to win MVP right now. That would be Aaron Rodgers. It was a Sunday night game. And man, did this disappoint me because I was expecting a really close offensive game and it just did not deliver on my expectations. You know, the Titans offense looked completely unable to, you know, take the ball downfield and score. They only had 14 points. Packers defense looked really good on the other hand. They were getting pressure on Tanner Hill almost every single play. Derrick Henry wasn't really being able to break off his chunk plays like he typically does. And it just did not look good for the Titans that night. They're now 10-5, and five, which I believe there's like four teams now in the AFC. They're now 10-5, and five, maybe five. So that might be a little scary for them. Luckily, they play the Texans. No offense to UK, but they should win that game. Packers, on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers continues to impress me. Dude, after they drafted uh, Jordan Love and they didn't draft a receiver, I was really angry. We have uh, audio evidence of that. I think I gave them an F on their offseason. But they drafted A.J. Dillon, very, very good running back, great backup to Aaron Jones, or just a great switch-up guy. And uh, I think drafting Jordan Love put pressure on Aaron Rodgers to you know get better this offseason, and he most definitely did. 
he's looking way better than he did last season. Devontae Adams, dude, he's looking like the number one receiver in the league. Him and Tyreek, dude, he had 11 receptions, 142 yards, and three touchdowns. That's insane, man. I think he had over 50 points in fantasy football. He was one of the biggest reasons they put up 40 points. Aaron, their offense looked unstoppable. The Titans' defense were unable to get after the quarterback. They have zero pass rush. Jadavian Clowney, I know he didn't play in this game, but he has not helped at all this season. I don't even think he has a sack yet. I'm worried for this Titans team, Cade. I think they have an incredible offense, very good quarterback, excellent running back, good receivers, but they can't play defense at all, man. And in this game, because they couldn't play defense, they were having a hard time playing offense too, especially against the Packers' defense. I just, I'm a little worried for them, Cade. Zach, this is a, a game of mixed emotions for me because, again, I expected a huge offensive battle. And then, Zach, did you look at the weather for this game? You couldn't oh, yeah. see the field because there was so much snow on the ground. This is a Titans team that's used to playing in warm, sunny Nashville, Tennessee, and you go up to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and have to play in the snow that you can't even see your own feet? I'm not necessarily surprised by the lack of production on the Tennessee Titans offense. I was definitely impressed with the Packers defense holding Derrick Henry to under under 100 yards. Tannehill literally could do nothing in the pocket to this time. Under 50% completion percentage, two interceptions, nothing receiving end of the ball. Derrick Henry did okay. Man, Packers offense, Zach, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, front runner for MVP, another four touchdown game. AJ Dillon, surprisingly good game. Aaron Jones really didn't do it, didn't do a ton. Um, this is a rookie running back who I think has surprised a lot of people. He has surprised me a ton. Here's something fun for you, Zach. Aaron Jones is a free agent next year, unless the Packers oh re-sign him. So the fact oh that my. they have AJ Dillon. Maybe they can save some cap space, let Aaron Jones go and keep a stud running back and maybe get some profit off of Aaron Jones. So I don't know if that's an option. I know, Zach, I think you would be interested in an Aaron Jones type of running back in Miami. I know I would be in Houston. Um, But and then, Zach, I want to harp it on Devontae Adams because I know. I mean, he's just. I don't have words for this guy. You look, he had injury. He had an injury early in the year. He's played only 13 games. He leads the league in touchdowns, Zach, with 17. If you look at last year, the leading wide receiver for touchdowns was 11 touchdowns. This guy has 17. This That's wide receiver crazy. is absolutely swarming the year. He's missed two games, too. Just imagine what he could do, actually, when he was in those two games. He has played 13 games. Zach, he has only had three games where he has not scored a touchdown. He went from October 25th to December 13th with at least one touchdown receiving. He has had seven games with over 100 yards receiving. And he has had four games with over 140 yards receiving. This is, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL right up there with Stefan Diggs. I don't think I'd put Tyreek up there, Zach. I would not put Tyreek Hill up there. 
I would put for... Tyreek over Stefan Diggs. No you question. would put to, n- really. Yes, with I the, think this with Stephon the way Diggs. he played with the way he played Monday night. Yes, uh, that, yes, he played very well Monday night. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Actually, let's okay. talk about that now. We're going to transition to Bills Patriots. All right, let's do it. Blowout. You're looking at this team. J.C. Jackson's fantastic this year. However, you know they're without Stephon Gilmore. They're their number one cornerback. Okay, so you already have your second string corner. On the Bills, you know, star receiver. Don't get me wrong, kid. Stefan Diggs has been incredible this season. I have him on my fantasy team. He's been fantastic. However, I'm not going to say he's the second best wide receiver in the NFL, especially when Tyreek Hill is just. Tyreek Hill is. He's done it more consistently, man. And Diggs, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But he's in a very. You know, Tyreek's in a very pass heavy offense, too. But. I don't know. I feel like Tyreek's done it longer. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not going to say that Diggs is better than Hill after one season. You know what I mean? He's been very good this season. I'll give him that. I think he's a top five receiver this season. How about that? I can compromise on that. But I, not... I gave him a top three. Top uh, three. Uh, I'm trying to think at, at good receivers right now. I'd say if Julio was healthy... I don't Zach, think he'd be better. Julio Jones has done nothing this year. He hasn't don't, been healthy. Don't put him in the conversation then. Oh my gosh. You cannot put a guy who's been injured for more than half of the season in this conversation. That's why I said, I, I didn't say I was putting him in. I said if he was healthy. I Would you put Odell Beckham? Would you put Odell Beckham in this conversation? No, because Odell's not Julio Jones, dude. Odell Talent Beckham has he might be. not been good in Cleveland. No, I just, he hasn't been as good in Cleveland. I just, no, no. I'm not putting Julio in the conversation. I'd say if he was healthy, he'd be there though. You can't argue that. Okay. He'd have to be healthy all year and he'd have to get points because right now, Calvin Ridley, fifth in receiving yards with nine touchdowns. I'd put Calvin Ridley over Julio Jones right now. This season, okay? Again, yes, Julio's been hurt. we're talking about this season. I know, but you think about it. If Julio did play this season, like, Diggs has played every single game. I mean, yes. come on. And Adams, like you said, has missed two, and he still leads the league in touchdowns. Just saying, man. All right. Uh, Stefan Diggs right, right now leads the league in yards with 1459. He has yeah, a franchise Josh record. Allen loves ripping he- it downfield. Well, he does. Well, so does so does Patrick Mahomes. All right, going yeah. back, oh, we'll 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 have the argument with Stefan Diggs in a second. Going back to the actual game, final score of thirty-eight to nine, Bills over Patriots. I kind of I want to say I called this one, but there was a sense that even though the Bills were going to have an easy time, you knew they were going to absolutely destroy the Patriots just because they felt like it. <laughs> Twenty years of Patriots beating Bills. And this was the time that the Bills actually had a really good offense against a really bad Patriots offense. You knew this was coming. Josh Allen has been an absolute stud in the last... Zach, they are one Hail Mary away from nine straight wins in a row. They're sitting at 12 and... They're sitting at 12 and 3. That is an equal record with the Green Bay Packers. And if you ask me who's playing better, I would almost say the Bills are playing better than the Packers right now. It is very, very close. But these guys have truly been producing on offense and 
Zach, I know I was wrong earlier in the year with my Bills defense, but you look at the last few games, 15 points to Steelers, 19 points to Broncos, 9 points to Patriots, 17 points to Chargers. They're finally holding some good teams to under 20 points. Bills defense, one of the best, at least when it comes to fourth quarter defense, a team that I think will come in clutch when it comes to playoff times. We'll see how they do against the Chiefs later in the playoff picture. But Josh Allen, man, 75% completion rating and completion percentage in this one, four touchdowns. Zach Moss rushed the ball for a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, three touchdowns. I mean, they've got everything nailed down on the offensive side of the ball. Patriots need a new quarterback, Zach. Cam is done. He got benched for Jarrett Stidham, who only threw 44 yards for four for 11. Cam Newton is not the guy. Jared Stidham is not the guy. I expect the Patriots to draft a quarterback, maybe even trade up for a Justin Fields. I don't know, but there is new leadership needed in New England. I can agree with you on that. Patriots most definitely need a new quarterback, and I think the draft's the perfect place to get one. Or let me pitch you this scenario, okay? You know who's a free agent next year? Matthew Stafford. And Personally, being in the same division as the Patriots, I would hate for them to get Matthew Stafford because I definitely think they'd be immediately better. Patriots get some receivers in the draft. They're immediately a better team. They got a good quarterback, very good quarterback, one the best head coach in the league or one of them, Belichick. You know, He hasn't been as good because you know they don't have a winning record this season, but understandable when you have Cam as your quarterback. Okay, they could, they could do a really quick turnaround here. They get Matthew Stafford and draft a receiver. Well, then do you expect the Lions to draft a quarterback? I'd say if they got rid of Stafford, 100%. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I see the Lions moving away from their franchise quarterback just yet. Well, imagine their franchise quarterback moving away from the Lions because I don't know if Stafford wants to stay there very much longer. Whew, that's that's hard. That's hard. The The Lions need a new head coach. We'll see what they do on their head coaching situation before I determine what they're going to do. For Matthew Stafford. Although that is an interesting scenario. I've been throwing the idea around that the Patriots actually trade up for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Honestly, being New England, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me. It would hurt me, but it wouldn't surprise me that the Patriots give out huge offseason deals to go get a stacked quarterback in this crazy 2021 quarterback draft class. Because it's ridiculous. They won't get Trevor Lawrence. The Jags will be an idiot. They'll be idiots to trade down and not get Trevor Lawrence. I'd say they could definitely get Justin Fields, though, like you said. I think that they could trade up with the Jets or with, uh, but do you see, with us, actually. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly concerned that like the Patriots don't want another running type of quarterback. But oh, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields, I think, is a good too. pocket passer. Yeah, I'm, I'd I'm, say he's definitely better than Cam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a fact. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. All right. That wraps up week 16, ladies and gentlemen. And we are one week away from the end of the regular season, NFL 2020. And with dramatic wins like the Jets and the Bengals, I think this year has perfectly been deemed the year for 2020. Wouldn't you say, Zach? Dude, 100%. It, it's been crazy. It has been crazy. But 
Zach, it has been a blast hanging out with you. I will talk to you later this week when we look into a lot of crazy Week 17 matchups, huge playoff implications on the line. We got five teams in the AFC that are tied all at 10 and 5. You got the NFC wild card that is crazy between Bears, Cardinals, and Rams. The NFC number one seed, or the NFC, yeah, number one seed is still up in the air. So, Zach, this has been one of the closest playoff races that I've seen in a long time, and I think that's partially due to that extra seventh seed. Yeah, I think that has a big, uh, something, a really big implication because of that. But, man, it's going to be so exciting. Every team, or there's a lot of teams in the AFC that are very into the playoff race still, so... Dude, it's do or die from here on out, man. Playoffs tip, like for a lot of teams, playoffs starts this week. So I'm super oh, yeah. excited to see it. Oh, yeah. January is here and playoffs are going down. We'll catch you all later this week. Have a great, great day and happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. We'll see you all uh, next time. <laughs>